Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, the gang is back together. Here we are. <laughs> We're all in the house. We are. Just different houses. Different houses. <laughs> different houses. Do you were out on assignment the last couple t- that I we've was. done. I was. I've been out on the road working with some clients, so it's been fun actually getting back out there. You know? Yeah. I've been enjoying that. Yeah. Well, in 2024, will be no different. I think all of us are going to be on the on the road. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, this, uh, I think this virtual thing that we really learned really quickly in the last couple of years, but I think people are really wanting um, to get back together again. I think they're looking for that face-to-face kind of connection, Yes, um, you know, so. Yes. And it's it's been fun because you're actually, you know, in those situations I'm seeing where, um, you know, people are re-understanding or re-navigating how to network with each other and how to communicate. And I've had to use like prompting questions even because it's not natural anymore for individuals sometimes to just casually talk about the water cooler talks. Yeah. We're we're relearning all of that. One thing I love about it is, you know, kind of in the old days, you know, people thought of training as just one more thing they have to do. And what I love now about going back is training is maybe the one time they're actually all going to be together. And so their their perspective on training and and going into the office that day, I think is totally changed. Um, Then, you know, oh, we've got another training. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really shifted their mindsets as what training can provide, not just the information, but the camaraderie that you guys were talking about. Yeah. But, you know, in thinking about today's topic, though, I mean, we're just right on target with that, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, we are talking about that idea of of using that emotional self-awareness, right? Um, So that you're able to connect with other people in a real positive way. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, if you've been following along with us over the course of the last couple of weeks, we started this venture uh, really looking deeply at the EQI 2.0 assessment and that self-perception composite, which includes the the area of self-regard. And then last week we talked about self-actualization. So you're absolutely right, Dewey. Today is all about that third subscale, which is that emotional self-awareness. So really being able to um, recognize and understand your own emotions, to differentiate between subtleties in your own emotions. So when you know you're feeling something, but you just can't figure it out. What is it? How are we <laughs> I've been in that situation it? many times. Have yeah. you? Oh, yeah. You, you know, yeah. Dewey, you, you just strike me. And Ray, I know you and I, we've talked about this before, but you've always just strike me as the individual who can tune in so just naturally to people's emotions. And I've seen you even in meetings change the way you're approaching situations based off of your own emotions or what you're recognizing in someone else. That seems like a very, um, a, a very cool talent to have, a very cool <laughs> gift. Well, I'm going to call it a gift. Um, I, yeah, you know, I've always been that peacemaker. I've mm-hmm. always been that person that uh, folks kind of come to for uh, somebody to listen to them um, and that kind of thing. So I think a lot of it is the empathy that I have. But you're right. I, I, you know, and in my job and training, you know, you got to be able to read the audience. And so I've just have had years and years of experiences of looking at somebody's body language and trying to figure out what's going on, you know. So, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of that stuff. But I, I wish I could tell you that uh, 
um, I, I developed it by doing this, 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 and this, but I think it's just being with people and, and understanding them and listening to them and empathizing with them. And, um, I don't know, it's just my natural guess, I guess. Yeah. Ray, if you, I'm going to bring you into this because you have, have, you've been open in other podcast episodes about empathy, maybe being something you, you have intentionally worked on and really developed. I, I would have not been able to tell that, that you weren't naturally in that space um, because I think you do such an incredible job. And so, you know, hearing Dewey say that's just kind of always been him and been natural to him. Tell me a little bit about how you started recognizing or interpreting emotions um, as, uh, as you've grown through experience with this. You know, it is interesting because if, you know, you look at my empathy score from the EQI, it was like super low. Um, So there was a lot of intentionality there. My emotional self-awareness was actually, you know, in the high range, believe it or not. So I think my ability to read people, um, recognize in myself, um, I think uh, came from being maybe a natural entertainer. Mm-hmm. You know, I was always the kid at the dinner table that couldn't sit down and eat food. You know, I had to act out my whole day, um, you know, and I was I was lucky to have parents that put me into performance based arts, you know, um, so I could express myself in front of audiences when I was little. But, um, yeah, we talk about that intentionality. And I think, you know, my expression um, a little different than just emotional self-awareness, but I, I do tend to be more business-like, more task-focused, mm-hmm. um, and uh, um, probably handle my emotions on my own, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And it's something that I honestly, um, and, and to be a little vulnerable in this space too, I, I kind of... Uh, envy that ability sometimes because I recognize um, I I tend to lean in that space of being overwhelmed by emotions often and it's not even my own it's usually other people's as well so we start talking about this space of understanding emotions sometimes it gets really confusing as to is this mine or was this somebody else's that I picked up in a training session Um, (laughs) but I just I, 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 I like the idea that you're able to kind of keep that separation and to be able to recognize, I know I'm feeling something and I can process that and I can internalize that, but it doesn't always have to be expressed because there's sometimes a risk to that authenticity of consistent expression of all of those feels that you're feeling. Well, being strategic about relationships, mm-hmm. right? You have to, you know, what, what are you going to share? What are you going to be vulnerable with? And what, what are you going to withhold? Right? Mm-hmm. So we don't tell everybody everything about us, right? So well. <laughs> 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 I what saw that. I saw her look on her face and I'm like, oh, Brianna. I think that's you know, (laughs) you and I um, have really both have pretty high empathy scores, right? And we we both kind of feel a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that there is kind of some differences between you and I as well. Um, I think I'm pretty good at at drawing a line in the sand once in a while, and um, you know, sometimes you're just got those emotions everywhere Uh, for everybody to see. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm taken back to that. Do you remember our conversation just a couple of weeks ago, I was telling you, I just got off of a virtual training session and I'd mentioned, I was like, I don't know what it is, but somehow I always get everyone's life stories. And, <laughs> and I, and I'd made the comment, this gentleman had, had messaged me and 
was telling me all about uh, some some diagnosis he was going through, and it was very personal. And I'm like, I, I don't need to know this, but he shared it with me. And you're like, he messaged you. Brianna, you know, there's boundaries. We don't give out personal <laughs> cell phone numbers. And I went, no, Dewey, in the chat. <laughs> yeah, I was in the chat. I thought it was a, I thought it was a face-to-face uh, yeah. kind of thing. So It, it was um, hysterical because yeah. that, that, to your point, proves, like, people know that about me. Yeah. That it's, they're... Uh-huh. I do put a little bit more out than I, I sometimes probably should. And there is that risk of, of kind of being that authentically showing up that way, because mm-hmm. when you are so immersed in emotions, um, you got to recognize, you know, is the is this environment copacetic to yeah. to releasing that? Yeah. But then that's why we have folks like Ray who brings mm-hmm. in that intentionality. Right. And mm-hmm. so being able to learn that from somebody like her. Yep. Um, that really helps me out too, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. And there's definitely, when we talk about this space, emotional self-awareness, some things you want to kind of start looking for. So if we're wondering, like, where do I fall on this spectrum? Um, as we've kind of all discussed our situations now, uh, you know, if you maybe are on the lower end of this this area, you're going to maybe have a hard time really verbalizing your own emotions. You might say things like, oh, this is ridiculous, you know, and you're trying to put a word to it, but you don't really know what it is. Um, maybe you're going to externalize everything. So processing everything outwardly rather than internally and maybe denying when you know you're actually feeling something. Mm-hmm. Um, the opposite side of that. So if you're someone's maybe a little bit higher in this particular space, you're going to be relating to your feelings. You're going to know what caused that feeling. How did you get to that point? Um, it may not have been the situation you find yourself sitting in right now, but maybe it was a conversation you had with a loved one last night or, um, you know, you're understanding those emotions. You're self-aware, you're in touch with feelings, um, and you can differentiate between your emotions mm-hmm. pretty freely. Mm-hmm. And so... And accurately. You know, I, I think that's important as well. Yes. Go ahead. I was just saying, in, yeah. interpreting I, your, your emotions accurately. You know, sometimes when I've, you know, I've been angry, is it frustration? Is it, you know, what, which, which emotion is it, you know? And that being able to differentiate those is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the part of intelligence that comes with emotions Mm -hmm. is, first of all, is that level or intensity of emotion appropriate for the situation? You know, you hear people that make mountains out of molehills, you know, so am I, am I, uh, you know, is that level of feeling appropriate in this situation? So, you know, when Brianna, when you talked about, you know, relates their own feelings, I think that's also relates it uh, consistently as far as like this emotion with this cause or this situation. Um, And then that, of course, there's always the other side because there's the regulation side of everything, Mm -hmm. right? With emotional intelligence. And then is, is this appropriate? Is this the time? And when I start thinking about, you know, because obviously we're in this series, The Confident Professional, and I start really recognizing the power of just this particular subscale as it relates to not only confidence, but that element of professionalism, um, you know, really being able to have a strong grasp in this space is important because ultimately it is going to really it's going to dictate that leadership presence in a lot of mm-hmm. ways and, mm-hmm. and your ability to mm-hmm. to really be an effective leader. Yeah, it's going to affect the perception that people see you. Exactly. Right? Absolutely. Exactly. And so let's talk a little bit about that. Have you all noticed 
as as you all are uh, have been leaders in leadership positions for a long time, have you noticed changes in your leadership style or even your decision making processes as kind of a result of that improved emotional awareness? I have. I used to be a pretty <laughs> and you wouldn't think this because strategic and Clifton strengths is my number one uh, strength. Mm. But I used to be pretty rash at making decisions, you know, and slowing down. I've kind of learned that over the years uh, based on some of the emotions that I'm feeling or the emotions that I'm picking up on other people when we're working together. So um, so I think slowing it down a little bit is definitely been something I've noticed in my own approach mm. in leadership. That's funny because that was the first thing that came to my mind is taking a breath. Uh, my impulse control was, was not low, but it wasn't in the high either. Um, you know, it was right on the cusp there, but you know, cause we do, we instinctively, you know, emotion comes up that spontaneous, uh, instinctual response comes up, but then we as now, um, civilized human beings get to make the decision about, what am I going to do with what's coming up right mm-hmm. now? So I I wrote I also identified like slowing down, maybe analyzing the situation a little more. I think through my coaching, you know, thinking about going through that that coaching program, recognizing what I'm judging. Mm. You know, if I'm judging myself, if I'm judging other people uh, more harshly than maybe is necessary and then kind of the let it go yeah. situation uh, like Ray, you and I are just not on me. We're just thinking so much alike today um, <laughs> because as you talk, talking about that, I just uh, a, a certain situation came to my mind where, um, you know, oftentimes in those brainstorming sessions we've all been in. Right. Somebody's throwing up some ideas and people can immediately start to tear them down, right? So as a leader, I think it's important that, you know, maybe you set a different example. Um, So that is, again, something that has kind of changed for me because now it's more like, well, hold on, let's, let's hear the creativity, you know, so let's, let's not dampen that Mm -hmm. um, in any way. So, you know, I think that is kind of just one of those moments of leadership I call, I think of, you know, you're, you're having to set an example for everybody else in the room. Well, absolutely. And when I think about what we, you know, we often say in, in, EI sessions that we were training in. It's that idea that moods are contagious, right? Mm -hmm. So if we have that space where um, maybe the psychological safety isn't there, where where somebody has been shut down in a meeting, that changes obviously their mood. But guess what? It's not only going to be their mood because they are contagious and we can have the ripple effects. So now we other people who had ideas, Mm -hmm. um, they're going to feel less, you know, more anxious or or, uh, maybe a little bit more um, overwhelmed by the idea of trying to, to release that in those meetings. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious, you know, are there any kind of daily practices or rituals that uh, you incorporate to really enhance your level of emotional awareness? Do you want to start with that one, Ray? Yeah, I will, because, uh, you know, when I was thinking about our conversation today, and of course, it, you know, my team knows this, mm, but mm-hmm. this this sits at my computer. And when I say this, I'm talking about an emotions wheel. Because I think that's also part of learning not only how to become more self-aware by expanding your vocabulary of of emotions, um, but, you know, in expressing them, too. And so not always being, you know, 
not just always either I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm scared, I'm hungry, you know, hungry is an emotion for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. And, what, um, and what's, the, know, what's the emotion of, of what is that word? Hang, uh, hangry. 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 Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so I use an emotions wheel and not only do I have like hundreds of words at my disposal, um, but it also gets me thinking a little bit bigger. And so one of the things that Dewey does do very well is model that, you know, let's stop and look up um, uh, approach. And so this kind of helps me when I'm in my own space um, and not around you guys, you know, like the questions like what's what's going on in my world today? Mm-hmm. You know, because maybe this is making some sense or, you know, maybe I, I need to make some peace with this. Um, you know, just what emotions are coming up? Where do I notice them? And this I know is going to sound really weird, but we experience emotions in different parts of our bodies. Yeah. And I think getting in touch with this is where do I feel those types of emotions? So if a certain emotion is coming up for me, where am I feeling it in my body? Mm. Like, is it in my gut? You know, is it in my face? Sometimes I can Mm. feel my face get hot. And so it kind of helps me accurately Mm -hmm. um, identify and name that emotion. And so really kind of tying where that emotion is to where it's it's hitting me in the body and then just thinking, OK, so now what? You know, what am I going to do with that that emotional information? Mm-hmm. And that's where that impulse control, you know, that slowing down and because you're going to have an emotion no matter what, like you can't stop it, um, but you can stop the behaviors or moderate the behaviors that come out of having that emotion. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got a couple things that kind of come to mind uh, for me in terms of mindfulness kind of practices or things like this. Um, I do a lot of walking. I try to go for a walk almost every single day, a pretty long walk. Um, and I do a lot of thinking then, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of depress my day. What happened? Um, what kind of conflicts may have popped up? Um, you know, and then again, how am I feeling? Um, how, how am I feeling about that person? Uh, that kind of stuff. So, um uh, that brings me back to center a lot. Uh, the other thing I do is, and um, I keep these at home. <laughs> I never bring them to the office, but I do keep journals. Um, okay. uh, so I do quite a bit of writing and my journals are all kinds of things. It's not just writing. I'll draw pictures. I'll draw, you know, a, a create creative idea pops in my head and I'll kind of jot that down a little bit. So it's just more of, I don't know if it's really what we would consider to be a classic journal of what, ha- what happened in my day. Um, but it's more just a collection of thoughts and feelings and things like that. Okay. And yeah. so certainly something you could probably look back on and oh, yeah. start identifying. I put and this word with this day mm-hmm. and oh, this is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. sometimes I re- go back and I'm like really embarrassed you know, that I actually had that emotion <laughs> or that I responded in a certain way, you know? So I was like, oh, Joey, you could have done better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the, the idea and both of you have spoke to it um, and greatly here when you consider how are we practicing this regularly because for me when I think about those kind of of, of practices it, it is um, it's been really cool to have a three-year-old because I actually get to start verbalizing emotions with him as he's experiencing them and so um, he's even inquired or leaned in to emotions sometimes and has asked me mommy you know why are you angry and I have to explain well I'm not angry I'm maybe I'm just a little frustrated here so 
we start talking uh, about an emotion and it and he's what is frustrated and I'm like ooh Good question. How would I define frustrated? You know, and I'm becoming frustrated right now, <laughs> know, trying to respond. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. But it's been so exciting to to actually be able to kind of practice, like to put it into practice. Oh yeah. Um, because we don't, I don't feel like that's natural. Uh, you know, to just start talking about feelings. Um, and so I guess I've had a nice a nice way out with that, with having a three-year-old that I'm trying to help understand a little bit of this. Out of the mouths of babes, right? Yes. Um, you know, I, my daughter, I remember her doing kind of the same things with me, you know, and asking me, Do, Daddy, why are you so angry? And, you know, it's like, well, that's a good question. You know, mm-hmm. that is a really good yeah. question. Mm-hmm. So, again, that moment of reflection, that moment right. of, 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 of people kind of sometimes putting a mirror right. um, up to you so you can kind of see yourself once in a while is important. Yeah, absolutely. I think something else I have to work on in, in intentional practices when I mentioned earlier that it's hard for me to separate sometimes other people's emotions from my, my own emotions. There was a really good book out there by Judith Orloff called um, Survival Guide for Highly Sensitive People. And I, I, I do, and I've mentioned that on other episodes before, I do identify as an HSP. And for me, it talked a lot about the cool strategies. Oh, by the way, you can pick that up at your local Barnes & Noble. <laughs> Mention the weekly workplace and get a little discount. Um, but it, it talks about shielding. And so being able to literally almost visualize a shield between yourself and someone else so that you're not taking on whatever emotion they're coming at you with, that has required a lot of intentionality and, and being able to identify in my life who are people that I might come into contact with that I'm going to have to be even more intentional in that space of, of shielding because I can't take on, I can't take in all those that th- those emotions maybe mm-hmm. because uh, it just completely derails the rest of my day, et cetera. You just know who those people are. So know what your triggers are. Know what situations you find yourself in that you're experiencing a certain emotion over another one. I think that's that's part of that reflection piece too. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. You know, you, you mentioned the shield. Um, it also kind of just visually, it made me think about, you know, your armor mm-hmm. as well. Um, because, you know, shielding yourself is protecting yourself from their emotions. But you just mentioned, you know, knowing that that person or that content, you know, topic or whatever happens to be a trigger, you know, and then armoring yourself going in, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think is is another good visual. I have a client who um, I think like Brianna feels the feels of others as well as, mm-hmm. as herself and um, has a leader that's not as uh, nearly as good as our leader, Brianna. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I'll she, you know, we, we, yeah, we, we've developed that, that visual where when that leader says something to her, you know, she, she visually sees it fly into the file folder and then deletes the file folder. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was like, oh, I can see it just going in there right now. And of course, we are all on our computer so much. You actually see, uh-huh. you know, know what visual I'm talking about. And, and uh, yeah. And so she kind of goes into that, um, you know, moment where she just sees it fly into the folder and then deletes the folder. Mm-hmm. I like I that. That was an too. interesting. Yeah. yeah. I might, I might have to yeah. utilize that also now. <laughs> Visualization. Yeah, it is. It's, there's power yeah. in that. Oh, it really powerful. Yeah. yeah. Very powerful. Let's talk a little bit more because we're certainly, we're rounding out and we have a few minutes left. You guys, this went fast. 
<laughs> so we got fast. Yeah, we got a few minutes left talking about this this area of emotional awareness, but but even bigger than that, um, you know, talking about this self perception composite. And as we kind of wrap this composite up, uh, I think we we've had some good feedback on this. I've gotten a few emails that people have enjoyed kind of diving into these pieces of the EQI. So be looking for other series moving forward where we'll look at some other composite areas. But I guess what final thoughts do you have as it relates to kind of areas of self-awareness or emotional self-awareness or in general about this bigger picture of self-perception and being a confident professional? You know, I, I think you said it earlier, you know, we're responsible for how we feel, mm-hmm. right? Um, nobody makes us feel. We just feel um, how we feel, but the universe mirrors us. And so I use that, you know, thinking about energy attracts like energy. And you talked about, you know, moods are contagious. That's why, right? Energy mm-hmm. attracts like energy. And so we are a, a mirror, right? And we learn about ourselves by interacting with others um, and, and that that reflection back to us. And so raising that awareness of, okay, so maybe that didn't go so well. Why not, right? Or right. what could I have done differently? But coach coach yourself because um, that's the only person you can control mm-hmm. you know I was gonna I was gonna say I think that as human beings we are all pr- we get into our habits right we we're all really pretty habitual um, we find ourselves in similar situations and we find ourselves responding in similar ways in those similar situations and and I, and our brains are hardwired to do that right I mean um, uh, we often just kind of react without necessarily thinking. Um, And so this whole idea of self-awareness is really important to slow that down Mm -hmm. so that we become a lot more aware and just don't let those habits kind of just take control. Um, I think that's a lot of what I take away when I think about, you know, this idea of emotional Mm self-awareness. Yeah. And, you know, hearing that, I think what you just said, Dewey, actually will speak across the spectrum of everything in this self-perception composite, because the idea of slowing down and really taking time to process and to internalize, like we don't do this naturally as human beings, right? We're in this go, go, go society. And so we always talk here at MTI about how leadership, you know, you start with the self first, that element of self-awareness being one of the key components to really being able to effectively lead others. And so you've got to be intentional in this in this space with how will I spend time with myself and recognizing where am I at in in these spaces. Yeah. And even though, like Ray said, all feelings are valid, not all behaviors are appropriate. Right. right? So um, and I think that's what leaders do is they set a different example for people to follow. So that means they have to be very aware of how they're feeling themselves. Right. And then be intentional, Um, you know, kind of break, try to break through those habits and just kind of be a lot more intentional about the behavior that you're showing your team. And, you know, I, I guess I'm curious and I'll, I'll, I'll start closing out with this last question here. But, you know, when I'm thinking through this and I'm considering uh, the space of emotional self-awareness and I'm thinking about how it correlates as a confident professional as well, um, obviously you can have a level of confidence in knowing what you're feeling and knowing what caused that feeling or how you got there and knowing what you want to be feeling and how you're going to get there. But at the same time, I feel like if we are, are being 
cognizant of feelings in general, we can start becoming comfortable with the ones that maybe we're not so comfortable with, Mm -hmm. which then also helps us in the space of resiliency as not only individuals, but as leaders. So I I don't, do you all find a correlation there between this element? Absolutely. Absolutely. And adaptability, right? Mm -hmm. You know, adapting your responses um, to the situations at hand. And as Ray mentioned earlier, that are appropriate Mm -hmm. um, at that time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think part of that resiliency is um, realizing when it's time to let go. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes, you know, if we if we sit and stew in past performances, you know, perception is is fleeting. It's it's temporary. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, And so sometimes, you know, actually detaching um, from those emotions in order to move on or not dwelling on them beyond what did that teach me? Mm-hmm. And so to, to show just the, the dichotomy here, you know, you keep a journal, Dewey, and uh, I can't do that because I would go back and relive mm-hmm. every single episode mm-hmm. and then just get drawn back in like that. So, you know, the reflection for me, you know, happens pretty quickly. Mm-hmm doesn't mean the learning is forever. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can take that, certainly take that with us, right? Certainly take that with us yeah. as we continue to remain resilient. Because we're the, the one thing is going to be true, we're going to experience these emotions again, yeah. right? Whatever they were. Oh, and, of course. <laughs> and so so when you think through, like, how can you get comfortable sometimes, even with those ones that, that make us even more uncomfortable, then the next time you encounter that you're going to be, as we're talking here, more resilient to, to your approach in it. And then you can set that that example for the team in which you're leading. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, y'all, we're closing out another series. I can't believe it. I know. The Confident Professional. We missed you on the first two episodes, Dewey. We I'm really sorry. did. I'm uh, sorry. No. Hey, you, you were out making money. Don't be sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> Uh, but we are so grateful to to you all, our listeners out there, and we'd love your we'd love your comments on this. If you have questions, if you have comments, you, we would welcome you sharing those with us. Uh, we've had quite a few downloads of this particular series, so that's exciting. Uh, and then any feedback on maybe topics that you'd be interested in hearing about in the future from the weekly workplace. And uh, until then, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Yes.